the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And hour number two is underway at seven minutes past ten o'clock. Thank you for being with us uh, on the broadcast. Thanks to Danny Horowitz. Terrific, terrific information uh, that he shared with us on a couple of issues, including the FDA's uh, decision to give full approval. And he, what Daniel said, by the way, is very important. It, it's kind of a shell game here that they're playing. The FDA did not actually give full approval to the Pfizer vaccine. That's the way it's being reported. It's not full approval. What they have done is extended the executive, or the, uh, excuse me, the, um, uh, crying out loud, why am I forgetting my word right now? The um, emergency. They, I was trying to think of the E in the uh, EA. The emergency authorization. They have extended the emergency authorization of the use of this. It is still not 100% approved, and they did that for liability reasons. And by the way, speaking of liability, I have something else that I found very interesting. A friend uh, texted this to me today saying that this will get your ire up as well. There is a bill that has been introduced to Congress. Apparently it's House Bill 401. Actually, I need to double check this. Is this, is this, uh, no, this is not Congress. This is a state bill. This is a state bill. So this is to the Ohio General Assembly, to the Ohio House. I thought this was a congressional bill. No, this is a state bill, but I want you to listen to this. Just literally the day or two days after the, uh, the Pfizer shot was given quote unquote, um, full approval by the FDA. We have this. House Bill 401, the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation. House Bill 401 would, to exempt an injury or disability caused by an employer-mandated COVID-19 vaccination, 
from the workers' compensation law and to allow the employee to sue the employer for damages. Okay? You understand what that just said? House Bill 401 would exempt would exempt an injury or disability caused by the mandated vaccine from the workers' compensation law. In other words, if you work for a company and you are forced to take the jab because now, especially because of the FDA's full approval, and they say you must take this jab in order to keep your job here, otherwise you're fired, and you take that jab and you suffer some debilitating illness because of it or injury or whatever, you can't collect workers' compensation. The company is not to blame. The company would not be held liable and have to pay you uh, uh, from the workers' compensation fund. Think about that for just a moment. That would be like saying, just for the sake of a silly uh, analogy here, that would be like saying your company forced you to remove your hard hat at a construction zone. And, oh, by the way, if you get hit in the head with something, the company is not responsible. Wait a minute. You just told me I couldn't wear the hard hat. Well, how am I not, How are you not responsible if I get a head injury? Well, too bad. I mean, it's a goofy analogy. It's just what came to the top of my head. You understand the point, though, that the company is making the decision about your health here or about your, uh, you know, your preventative health, and whatever happens to you is on you, not on them. That's just just another example. Now, I want to give you one other thing before I go to the phones. Um, This I played during the Daniel Horowitz interview, and I want to play it again because it's worth hearing again. This is Rochelle Walensky, the director of the CDC, who I would always want to remind you is not a doctor. The director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is not a doctor. She's handpicked and appointed by Joe Biden. She is a political appointee, and all decisions and all evaluations made by the CDC are thereby political ones, not medical ones, political ones. This is her uh, explanation just five, now six days ago. it It was on August 19th during a briefing. She spoke with other people who were there who were doctors on this panel discussing the ongoing COVID-19 response and the status of vaccinations. And I want you to hear this. It's only 45 seconds, but listen again. And even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospitalizations, we are... I stopped it with Daniel. I'll stop it for you, too. Even though our current vaccinations are working well to stop hospitalizations. Wait, What? That's not what we were sold. The bill of goods they sold us was, this will inoculate you. This will immunize you. A vaccination is supposed to immunize you from getting sick, from getting the infection. What good is a vaccination that doesn't stop the spread of the virus? If what we are being told is that the spread of the virus is the biggest threat. Isn't it funny? How when it comes to mortality rate, when it comes to things, you know, that are obviously very, very important here, hospitalizations and mortality, deaths by the virus, those things are at tiny, tiny, tiny fractions of 1% of all the people who get it. So what do they focus on? They focus on cases, just cases. 
But now when it comes to the vaccine, suddenly we're not going to focus on the cases because the cases aren't dropping. And in fact, they're exploding. And the breakthrough cases, meaning those who have been vaccinated, those who have taken the jabs and got sick anyway, now we can't focus on the, on the cases. We're going to focus on the deaths. Do you see the shell game they're playing here? You'll focus on what we tell you to focus on based on where we are in our agenda. And now it's not about the number of cases of people getting COVID-19, the Delta variant, even though they've been vaccinated. It's, well, you know, they're not being hospitalized and dying so much. <laughs> since, when did you get, since when do you get to take our argument, which was for the last 18 months? that 99.5% of the people who get COVID-19 recover, that the mortality rate is less than 1%. Suddenly, now you're worried about the mortality rate only when it comes to the vaccine. Let's do this again. And even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospitalizations, we are seeing concerning evidence of waning vaccine effectiveness over time. Waning vaccine effectiveness over time. That's code for doesn't work okay not only is it not keeping people from becoming infected it's only keeping people from from becoming hospitalized and dying even it's even its effectiveness in keeping people from that is waning over time and against the delta variant Additionally, from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. In other words, all of that big push, remember? Get your vaccine now. Get in line now. Hurry up. Get in line. And in fact, we have so many people that we know are going to want to get in line early here. We're going to have to distribute this. Only people age 80 and above can get it first. Then a couple of weeks later, now we've moved it down to 70 and on down line, right? Because get your vaccine. Get it now. Get it now. Get it now. Now, 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 now. Here's the CDC director saying, yeah, by the way, those who got it early, uh, it's not so good. Suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Given evidence, we are concerned that the current strong protection against severe infection, hospitalization, and death. Again, you hear that? We are concerned that current protection against severe infection, hospitalization, and death. They can no longer say that this is effective in stopping the spread of the virus, which was the goal of the vaccine to begin with, the non-vaccine. They cannot make that claim since the protection from severe illness, severe infection and hospitalization and death is waning. What CDC director Walensky could decrease in the months ahead, especially among those who are at higher risk or who were vaccinated earlier during the phases of our vaccination rollout. (laughs) In the context of these concerns, we are planning for Americans to receive booster shots. Boom. There it is. What's in that booster? None of your business. Roll up your damn sleeve because we said so. Well, how long is this one going to last me? Any longer than the original that you told me was so 95 to 97% effective? How long is this one going to last me? Till we tell you to roll your damn sleeve up again. That's how long. 
are you are you getting the picture yet? This will become an annual, maybe a twice annual necessity. You want to keep your job, you get that paper stamped every three months that you've taken your most recent booster. Well, what kind of side effects are these boosters going to have? Shut up and do what you're told or you're fired. Yeah, but what kind of side effects will this have on a young 19-year-old college? I said shut up or you're out of this school. Go find a diseased campus somewhere. You're not allowed on ours. Are you ready for this? They're mandating a vaccine that they themselves admit doesn't work. And then they're going to mandate a booster for that vaccine. And then a booster for the booster. And then a booster for the booster to boost the booster. In perpetuity. Just like with flu shots. And you, well, the the difference is, of course... No employers have mandated flu shots outside of maybe hospital settings for employees or for customers. No one has ever mandated something like that before to go in and have dinner, to go into an indoor facility. But you will be mandated to have this. And if you don't have the right number of stamps on your little passport showing you have stayed up to date with each of your annual or twice annual or thrice annual uh, booster shots, you will not be allowed to visit, study, socialize, or work in any public environments. But I'm a conspiracy nut, right? I'm just a conspiracy theorist. They're admitting to you that this thing does not stop you from getting the virus, and yet they are mandating that you take it anyway. Cheryl is in Avon. Cheryl, thank you for waiting through a lengthy monologue to start the hour. But I just, uh, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm so beside myself on this. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, Bob. This is Cheryl Ebert from Avon, and I am calling in regard to the vaccinations and the lack of recognition that not everybody should take it. My granddaughter's epileptic. And the school is wanting to force a vaccination on her. Taking the vaccine, vaccination could cause um, additional epileptic seizures. And why isn't this out there in the public? Will she qualify for an exemption because of that? There are limited medical exemptions I, that, that most of them are saying are there. Uh, she needs to know how to get the exemption, I guess. I mean, the doctors are not so willing to step up and provide information because it's against CDC. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. But the first thing I would do is inquire with, uh, you know, the powers that be and find out what exactly is the procedure for filing a claim for a medical exemption. What do you need to see from a doctor? And if uh, she's been treated for epilepsy and epileptic seizures, uh, that ought to be pretty easy to get a statement saying this, you know, and this, uh, this, this, this shot, this drug could have a negative impact on, uh, on her because of this. It ought to be pretty easy to get. But again, I don't know because I don't know how, uh, hard line uh, they are, but uh, but I would absolutely consider that my concern. And th- Cheryl, thank you for the call, and God bless, and I, and I wish you very uh, wish your daughter well with this. I, uh, I my concern is when somebody doesn't have something as quite obvious as uh, you know epileptic seizures, for example, 
um, but they are concerned about other side effects from these drugs, these mandated drugs, and they want to get a, a, a medical exemption as well. Things that aren't as cut and dried or as obvious, I think, as seizures, for example. How do they get their medical exemptions? How can I get my medical exemption knowing that I've already had this uh, this virus and that I am just swimming in antibodies, which are going to protect me far longer than Rochelle Walensky's failed and Pfizer's failed uh, 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 vaccination, as they call it? How do I get my medical ex- exemption saying I already have antibodies i am already safer than you are if you put that needle in your arm right now uh leave me alone where do i get mine that's what i want to know and by the way i am still planning a, 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 an antibodies party i am talking to venues who would be willing to host a few hundred of us getting together and having an antibodies party because this continues to go under the radar this part of all of this Everybody's talking about whether you need to get the vaccine or not to avoid getting it. How about those of us who are naturally vaccinated with antibodies? They ignore that part. The few studies that have been done have shown that those with antibodies have absolutely no reason to get a vaccination. And yet, we would get kicked out of schools or out of our jobs if we don't have it. The Cleveland Clinic study is a huge example of that, and they buried it. In order to get them to unbury that extraordinary information, we're going to have a party, and I hope it makes the papers. We're going to have two, three, four, five hundred people if we can get them into a venue, and we're going to have an antibodies party. Those of us who have received uh, natural immunity because we have had and recovered from COVID-19 are going to have a giant party, and you will need to show us your uh, uh, papers or or not your your antibodies report. We'll figure it out, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have something that shows that there is a reason why we don't need to get this vaccine if we have already had. Uh, uh, COVID-19 and recovered from it. All right, more of your calls right after this. Twenty-seven. Let's go back to it. Gina is calling us from Akron on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Gina. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you. Uh, first point, this whole entire situation is like no other disease or illness. It is like a doctor saying, you've been diagnosed with stage one cancer, uh, but we're not going to treat you. Come back when you're stage four and you're almost dead. That is insanity. The second thing I wanted to bring up is, as a Cleveland Clinic patient, long-time Cleveland Clinic patient. I am not able to get my doctors. So I guess my question is... Hold on, hold on, Gina, 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 hold on, hold on. Your your phone hiccuped. Right after you said, uh, uh, finish that part about being a a Cleveland Clinic patient. I said, as a long-time Cleveland Clinic patient, I am not able to find any of my doctors that I have been with for years that are going to offer me ivermectin should I need it. I've asked this straight out. Not in their protocol. But my question to you is maybe as an Ohio community and maybe with Mr. Horowitz's help, maybe at your antigen party, maybe we ought to have a list of homeopathic doctors or doctors that are able to provide us as a community this drug should we need it. If we need to be patients of these people, maybe we need to have dual medical tracks and we have a homeopathic doctor and a regular doctor because we're not being the community. And I'm not ready to wait till stage four. 
court to be in the hospital to be yeah, treated. Nor should you have to. And, you know, I talked yesterday very briefly with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny off the air, and she, of course, is a DO, and she said she has currently some 1,200 people waiting in line to get ivermectin from her, prescriptions from her to be used prophylactically. So, like you said, you don't have to wait until you are sick or wait until, in your example, you go from stage one to stage four. Uh, so there are a ton of people, and there aren't enough. Unfortunately, there aren't enough DOs and, and uh, uh, homeopathic doctors who are prescribing this and, and helping people and everything and thank you for the call Gina and I wish you very well everything that Daniel Horowitz said about ivermectin is exactly correct it has been used in human beings for decades it is not a safety hazard at all they are trying to get you to believe that because ivermectin uh, is also used or has been used in farm animals to uh, to ward off parasites that it's somehow not safe for humans. It is already being used by humans for countless things and has been extraordinarily successful. Now that they want to use it to fight COVID-19 and in other countries where it is in the protocols, and especially in India where it is working, wonders, um, they're burying it here. Cleveland Clinic and other places, as you say, they're saying it's not under protocols. You can't have it. Well, there's got to be a reason. And I think when you combine that story with the, hey, you're going to need this Pfizer booster, I can't help but think that there isn't some massive financial incentive here. Big pharmaceutical companies are getting, they're already rich, but for God's sake, their wealth and their power growing by by factors of 10 Every time they say you can't use this cheap available drug, which has been very effective in fighting uh, uh, severe COVID-19 symptoms, but you can take this this vaccine that's only going to be good for a couple of months, and then you're going to have to get a booster again, and then again and again and again. And every time you get that shot in your arm, you should probably hear cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching for the pharmaceutical company that manufactured it. Sorry. I'm a little fired up here. News time now. More of your phone calls and State Representative Jen Gross fighting hard for Ohioans' medical freedom with House Bill 248. She'll join us coming up on AM 1420. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer okay 1036 we continue now on am 1420 the answer talking about well liberty talking about freedom talking about medical choices being left to the individual not to the state all of those things are what are baked into house bill 248 which is such an extraordinarily important bill sponsored by state representative jennifer gross and yet being opposed by so many in the state also in the general assembly jennifer gross joins us now to talk about what happened yesterday in columbus as uh hearings were held and all kinds of testimony offered in support of medical freedom in support of house bill 248 Representative Gross, good to have you back. Thank you so much for making the time. How are you this morning? I'm great, Bob, especially after some of your commercials. You know, one of them was take risk. Sometimes you have to take personal risk, and that applies to today. So, and applies to me as well. So, 
um, thank you for having me on this morning. It's a pleasure, and, and you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, would I be better uh, eating you know, that granola bar in the morning than that chocolate-covered donut? Uh, and the answer is yes, I would be. I would be much better off. But guess what? I get to make that choice for myself, and I know what the repercussions right. can be. Uh, you know, in the same, do, should, would it be better for me to go watch a movie and sit on the couch or go for a jog? It would be better if I go for a jog. But doggone it, there is such a thing called my body, my choice, where it really is talking about the things I do with my own body, and that—that's essentially what House Bill Two Forty Eight is about, right? Absolutely, but haven't you noticed that 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 actual thing has completely vanished in the last four months, in Ohio anyway? Yeah, it it really has, because what they are saying now is uh, your body, the state's choice. They can tell you what to do, or they can allow your employer to tell you what to do with your body, or they can allow your your university, your college, your elementary school, for goodness sakes, your school district to to tell you what to do, and uh, and that's why it was so important. How encouraging was it uh, yesterday to see hundreds of people outside of the State House uh, rallying in support of House Bill 248? It was absolutely fantastic. I want your listeners to know, Bob, that they have the power, that every single one of their voices matters, and they are the ones that put the representatives there. If the representatives are not acting on the side of freedom, then guess what they need to do? Well, they need, they to, need they, to remove them. <laughs> they, need to, they, need to, they need to primary them and get them the heck out of there. And unfortunately, or unfortunately, Representative Gross, I think there's going to be a lot of them, and I think there's going to be too many of them. What is your read after 400 people filed written testimony for yesterday's hearing? You heard a lot of great uh, uh, commentary and testimony in support of 248, but you heard a lot of people arguing against it as well, uh, continuing to buy into the fear propaganda campaign. Um, what is your read on where, you know, when, when a vote eventually happens, what is your read on it right now? Well, I, I think it's unconscionable that we go on break, quite frankly, that we wait until September 14th. Because, as you well know, Bob, uh, do all the people get to wait that have to get their first jab by September 1st? Do they get to wait? Uh, how about until September 30th? You and I both know that a law without an emergency clause will take 90 days to become law. So even if in your comments, you know, with schools and colleges and OSU, my son wants to go to OSU. Now, I don't know, is he going to apply? I mean, that's his dream school. And, 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 and people, not only do they live in a, in a position of fear, but we also need to understand that where the freedom is, people will go. And like I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it in committee yesterday, but you know, where, if you had to guess one place where everybody in Ohio is going on vacation, where would you guess right now? Um, Florida? Yeah, because we will go where the freedom goes. And I have, I'm not a lot, but I have a few people who've written me that say, I actually had a lady call me from New York, and she said, I want to know where your bill is, because if you can pass it, I'm moving from New York to Ohio. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'd love to call her back. I'm just out of time. But where's the bill? Where is the bill? I guess we have to ask leadership because it is now in the hands of leadership. I don't know that it'll come do to you a vote. Have any convers- do you have any conversation with Speaker Cup off the you know uh, you know uh, off the record? And not not saying yeah, you want to violate on, that. On, yeah, I don't want you to violate uh, that and tell me what you say off the record. But I mean, do you have those conversations <laughs> with him? 
we have had a lot of conversations in the last five days. I can tell you that. And um, I don't have a personal problem with the speaker. Um, it is true that he's willing to work, you know, with me and that some of the others have come to me. I just think that we're they're pushing us into a corner where we may have to do something that forces everyone to go on record. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But we cannot turn, we can't bury our heads in the sand and say that people aren't suffering. And that's what I want your leaders, your, your listeners to know, that some of us do hear them. I hear them. And though they can't up in Cleveland vote for me, it's not about that. As a combat veteran and, and just a nurse, but someone who served our nation for freedom, even if it was 50-50, safety, 50-50, freedom, I would always err on the side of freedom. And, you know, I don't know what happens when your government that is supposed to be a representative government decides now that we're going to represent the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we're going to represent the larger corporations. Uh, look, I don't, I, we need business. Okay. And I'm on the business caucus. Someone, someone brought that up in, in a committee yesterday. Yes. But, but, but at the expense of freedom, no, sir. No, well, let, let's talk more freedom. about business, if I may, Representative yeah. Jennifer Gross, uh, a sponsor of House Bill 248. The Columbus Dispatch uh, reports this about the Chamber of Commerce, saying, quote, The Ohio Chamber of Commerce issued a stern warning to lawmakers to drop 248 and butt out of telling businesses how to operate. In a recent interview, CEO Steve Stiver said he didn't expect most businesses to require vaccines, but contends the bill is a slippery slope that could lead to more government regulation. The anti-business Republicans, is how it reads, tend to be more populist generally, but this one is a very dangerous bill that moves us toward government controlling the means of production. Every Republican and Democrat should think about whether they want to be a part of that. How do you respond to that, Representative Gross? You know, I do understand national security, and I had some conversations with people about our supply chain, and yes, I mean, we need to be, we need to be concerned about some of those things. But to plant a flag on one extreme and then plant a flag on another extreme when, when there is question, there is very valid question about forcing a mandated vaccine. You heard one of the testimonies yesterday. The guy said, I don't think I can feel safe to see patients. Well, you know what? Did you ask patients two years ago whether they were vaccinated or not? No, you did not. And the guy didn't answer me. He wouldn't answer me. But that was the, that was the answer I was looking for. Why are we living in fear? And, 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 and not only that, but why is there no middle ground? You know, I'm not saying that a business shouldn't have control of some. They can mandate vaccines if they want to. But there needs to be a compromise that you aren't coercing them. It's either get the shot or get out. And I've heard that in not so many words. Well, what, what but, are you, hold on, you may have lost me just there for a moment. What what would sorry. be a compromise between a mandate which says literally it's mandatory, you get this or you're gone? How how can there be a compromise? You either have the freedom to make your own choice or you do not, don't you? Well, it's the same thing about the mandates with our children. We have a vaccine mandate in Ohio, but mandate is misconstrued as you absolutely have to get it. It's a dictate. It's not a dictate. A mandate says we will, we require you to get this. However, you have three exemptions, religious, medical, and reasons of conscience. The challenge is there are so many people not getting the vaccine. And, you know, I'm sure that you've seen the recent study by Lancet that shows that healthcare workers that got the vaccine are actually spreading the Delta variant. 
these vaccines were meant to abate or mitigate symptoms. They were never meant to stop transmission. And that's where, and, and who which is why they're not vaccines, them? which is why they're right. not vaccines. Vaccines right. by their nature are meant to inoculate you to stop you from getting something, not just to mitigate symptoms. Correct. And so if you get the shot and it mitigates your symptoms, why are you requiring me to get it? I mean, I, and not only that, we haven't had a full discussion about natural immunity. I've been asking and I've been discussing natural immunity with the Ohio Department of Health since January. And and yet we just completely ignore it. That's, they will not take it up. That's why I'm going right. to and, and I'll invite you. And I know you're not next door to me, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to be hosting in the, in the very near future an antibodies party. And I'm going to invite anybody who has had <laughs> COVID-19, who's been exposed to it, who has has antibodies, natural immunity. And we're going to gather together by the hundreds, as many as I can fit into a venue. And I want to shine a spotlight on this. And I want the media to take notice that these people are part of the quote-unquote herd immunity. They don't need vaccines. And in fact, there are many studies that have been done that show that they could be in danger if they have natural antibodies to the to the uh, virus and then they take a, uh, a manufactured uh, version of it on top of that. So um, nobody wants That's to talk fine. about the naturally, naturally immunized. Yeah, and everybody wants to discount the VAERS report. The VAERS report was set up as a civilian reporting system, V-A-E-R-S, set up as a civilian reporting system to say, whoa, 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 and this will date me, danger, Will Robinson, we have a problem. It is, it is contingent on the medical community and everyone else to go, we have a problem here, we need to do due diligence. One of the guys said yesterday, uh, well, everyone's required to, no, they aren't. I didn't even know about the VAERS system myself as a clinician until I did this bill. I'm telling you a large majority of healthcare providers don't fill it out don't enter the information, and don't know about it. So for him to get up there and say that all providers are required, they don't and they aren't. That is no way, never was that. It's not on my boards, I can tell you that. And, and it, it's really interesting. It's, it's just fascinating. When we have, if we have doubt, one extreme or another, why in science we, sh- we are required to turn over every stone, not only turn over the ones we look at that we like, that isn't true investigative science. That's right. That's right. Um, science is the discovery of new information and then obviously reacting to that information as it's presented. Um, now, you're, you're already going to have an uphill fight here trying to get 248 passed as is to try to protect yes. the uh, you know, uh, Ohio workers and students from, from yes. being mandated to take this vaccine. What are you going yep. to do when an Ohio business tries to pull this? This literally is from the Wall Street Journal from this morning. Delta Airlines is not an exclusively Ohio business, obviously. Right. But Delta Airlines will make unvaccinated workers pay a $200 monthly health care surcharge, but stop short of mandating that they get the COVID-19 shot. So let's say 248 passes, and they can't mandate that every employee get the shot. But Ohio businesses can say, to mitigate the risk of, of you getting sick or getting other people sick here, you have to pay $200 a month, uh, $200 a month surcharge in order to keep your job here. How do we fight that? No. You know, that's a, uh, that's a really hard question because that's already happening in Ohio. I know of a large bank chain that is telling the, 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 the big dude that's the big president is obese, and he's telling his other people, everybody below him, that if you don't get the shot, you're going to pay smokers premium. Okay? 
So that's already happening in Ohio. And it, and I, you give me an example, I've pretty much got an ability to find an example for you. Wow. You know, I, I can't make it, you know, again, I'm only one person. I can't, to me, it's sort of like homeschooling. You know, I paid to homeschool. I don't want tax dollars. I made a sacrifice to be free to homeschool. There is a challenge. There is, I mean, I have a friend who's on a ventilator right now due to COVID in an ICU, okay? So it is expensive, and it does happen. I think that, again, it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. You, <clears throat> if you are not charging obese people, and we know that heart disease is the number one killer and diabetes and everything else is a greater ki- killer than COVID, I think that you need to say there needs to be some comparison if you're charging extra for obesity and diabetes and all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> then maybe, excuse me, maybe then because COVID is higher risk, you know, I don't know. But you need to striate it and put it into a risk category. On the other hand, large companies are able to mitigate risk because they have 10,000 employees. So if you have 50% of your employees vaccinated and you have 50% that aren't, and you're not charging your obese people and your diabetic people more, then I would argue that maybe you shouldn't be discriminating against anybody else. That's going to be a hard one for me because I think that you need to take your risk. I think you need to be able to say, did you not charge, did you charge people extra because they didn't get a flu vaccine? I can, I can answer that one. (laughs) No one did. No one, because I'm finding no one gets the flu shot or hardly any. So, and why would you now? We only have 69 cases in Ohio. So, you know, I'm, hey, I'm not anti-vax, but I mean, if you have a six, 69 people of 11.9 million, why would you get a flu shot? I'm just saying. Um, Last thing for you, you know, and this is more of a summary, I guess, Representative Jennifer Gross, you know, I'm looking at the opposition saying that this bill, 248, if it passes, takes away, uh, it, it strips business owners of their rights to run their businesses how they want. And the defense of that is, in their mind, that the businesses themselves should be allowed to strip away the rights of their employees. In order for you to protect the rights of the employees, you have to, in their mind, strip the business owners of their rights to do that. Uh, at the end of the day, what is worth more protecting here? Individual rights or business rights to um, mandate things uh, that these individuals may not want to do? I would say to you again, they can mandate, but they must give the exemptions, and we need to be non-discriminatory in the way that we do things, and it needs to be very consistent across the board. If a business wants to mandate, again, our schools mandate that they give exemptions. So we can find a common ground between vaccinate or terminate, and no one ever is required to say anything about a vaccine, which, you know, I know some of the people that really support me in this bill want that, but but I think that we can find a way to tick off everybody just a little bit instead of making everybody, one, one group 100% happy and the other group absolutely livid. And we, that's where we need to be. The challenge is I'm being pushed into a corner. The people are not protected, and we are not acting. And it is time for our leadership, our legislature to act, or we are going to have a health care crisis, and we are going to find ourselves in a, in a bigger problem if we don't do something to protect the people of Ohio. And the people of Ohio elected us, arguably, to protect freedom first. They did not elect us to be their mother. 
Very well said, Representative Jennifer Gross. And uh, meantime, you can't pick that fight back up again until, what was it, September 14th after the break? Oh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. We have other options, but I would say... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of, yeah, formally getting in a room <laughs> and, and working our way toward a vote so that we could pass this. That, that, that That's can't. right. It is. We went on break, and we're, I, I will tell you, to me, as a veteran, we ought to be in there every day until this is taken care of, because we've passed some other things like resolutions in eight days. So if our legislature wants to do something, we can. Uh, this bill's been around for four months. Why have we not done something? But because, we can pass well, the I think, I think we know why. You said the words yourself earlier on in our conversation. Leadership. Leadership, leadership, mm-hmm. leadership. Leadership needs to be. Well, I love our leaders. I love them sometimes, but it's time for them. They, You know, one of my generals said, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. Now no, it's I... time. Go, go ahead. Finish your thought. I apologize. Jennifer? Representative Gross? Do we lose her? Oh, I think her phone cut off on us. I just as I, I thought, I thought she was stopping her speech because she heard me. Yes, there you now. You're back. Now you're back. Oh, sorry. sorry, we lost you for a minute there. Your phone cut out. You went away there for a minute. Yeah, so, we anyway, sure I did. Apologize. Now, no, the that's time all right. To act. That's all right. No, hey, listen, not now the 14th, is the time to act. Not I agree. in October. Not in December. Now. And by the way, the fact that you're a veteran and you make a lot of references to that, next time I have you on, we'll have to talk about other things than Ohio laws uh, and, and legislation. Maybe we'll talk to you about Afghanistan and get your thoughts on what's going on there in that catastrophe. So we'll save I love that. that. Yeah, we'll save that for the next conversation. State Representative Jennifer Gross fighting very hard on behalf of Ohioans' medical choice and medical freedom, uh, and also uh, uh, just on behalf of, uh, of Ohioans. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you, Bob. All right, 1055, final segment coming up. Okay, let's get a couple of quick ones in here before the uh, top of the hour and the end of the show. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. Hey, Norm, go ahead, sir. Uh, Bob. Regarding the uh, ivorectum and uh, hydroxychloroquine, you can go out to frontline doctors and you can get a uh, an appointment with a doctor over the phone and you can get a prescription because both my wife and I have done just that. And in addition, uh, your listeners should know that by taking zinc and vitamin D daily, that will also provide a barrier to the uh, covid but I just wanted to comment about their cute little ditty about don't be a cow or don't be a horse. Yeah. How about this? How about don't be a horse's blank and let Fauci the fraud and Gates the ghoul poison you? I like yours better. I like yours better. Don't be a sheep. Thank you, Norm. I appreciate the call. That's a great tip, by the way, about frontline doctors. Frontline medical doctors, a great way. And you're also your point. I started taking, after I got COVID, I started taking uh, zinc, uh, vitamin D3, and about, a, I think it's 10,000 IU, um, absorbate vitamin C, and quercetin, which is... Um, which is a very important part of this. It helps pound the vitamin C and the vitamin D3 into your cells, as it was explained to me. I've been taking those every single day since I had got COVID over 10 months ago, and I have not had so much as a sniffle since. And I'm not saying I'll never get a sniffle and I'll be I'll live forever, but I'm telling you right now, I believe in those um, prophylactic uh, vitamins and, uh, and, and choices. 
All right, that's all the time that I've got. If you're on hold, I apologize I couldn't get to you. It's been a tough day. It's been a busy day, but we'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you join Enjoy us. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.